morning, officer. Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> oh, oh, this is live. Think of like the dumbest cave troll let you know. You looked right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. November 6th, 2022. That date was correct, I believe. Welcome, everyone, to the Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, live on Instagram, Merce? Was that it? Yeah. All right. We're live on Instagram. Howdy, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Bandit Radio Hour. Twitter, Twitter's a little violent at the moment. Twitter is a little wily, a little squirrely. Uh, but, everybody, welcome. Uh, we recorded a week ago. It feels like it was two months ago with all the news that's come out and everything that's been thrown our way. Uh, but we're going to get on it and ride. Uh, we're going to start it off how we always do on this little pony trail. Merch, how the hell was your week? This is good. I'm about over the heat, and I'm officially over daylight savings time already. Uh, it's been less than 24 hours. but I'd say we're going to get into that, but I, I've re-listened to some of our episodes, and I swear there's like five loose flying subjects out there where I've been like, we're going to get to that at the end of this episode, and I never talk about it again. The only thing I'll say is I heard an old Indian proverb, and it was like, uh, only only white men cut off bottom of blanket and so to top of blanket and think he has more blanket. I mean, more blanket's a good thing. If you take water out of the deep end of the pool and you pour it into the shallow end of the pool, you got more water. Yeah. And daylight savings time in a nutshell. Yes, yeah. And, like, dude, I remember seeing a report uh, on it. Not a report. This was, I'm going to be blatantly honest with it. It was like a YouTube video, but it was of a uh, them interviewing a worker at, like, a hydroelectric dam or something like that, one of the engineers. And I'm going to try to quote the number as good as I can because every six months that we do this daylight savings switch one way or the other, it's like it costs, like, $30,000. Just to reset and get every... And even me at the time, I'm like, surely there's a computer program that can just change but at the timer, but I guess on mechanism of that scale. Well, at one point, they didn't even have... The computers couldn't even change the, the dates from 99 to... 2000. <laughs> we was all ready. All the militias were getting trained for that one. But uh, there were some really excited Mennonites. Uh, but no, yeah, daylight savings is stupid. Once again, one of these wonderful things that stuck around that was supposed to be temporary brought to you by Merce. Who is the worst president in history? FDR. No, he's oh, like Lincoln. No, no. Well, Lincoln's the worst president in history, in my opinion. I know. That's, I, that's a heated I, debate. I, yeah, that, that, that's a Merce opinion. Because that rough, just at face value, and if someone's saying that, they're going to think I'm terrible. But. If, all right, here... Here's the good argument for Lincoln, because he set precedent for a lot of this crap to start happening. No, the guy who brought us the IRS, the guy that brought us the League of Nations, the guy that brought us World War I, um, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, he did look good in a top hat. Yeah, but he was retarded for being a professor at Harvard. Like, I listened to... Uh, uh, I feel like that, that statement can apply to a lot of current professors at Harvard. Dude, he was like the king of it. Uh, the Dangerous History podcast does like an excellent, like ten hour breakdown of Woodrow Wilson, and I mean, it, uh, one of the things I thought was like out of those ten hours, he spends one hour. Woodrow Wilson wrote a a like when he was being a professor, like a his own book. It wasn't a book; it was like a long ass pamphlet called the Secretariat Government, the the Administrative government and he was like hey here's the problem we got we got congress and we got senators and we got to rely on a lot of the population to all be educated about all the stuff at once and they never are educated the right way so what we should do is get these administrative departments that answer to the president and they just get they get oversight from Congress and like you know and the senators make sure they're doing the right thing. But these departments can how would he put it preserve democracy when like the voters aren't capable of it or like literally it is stupid horseshit like that. Uh, but yeah, Woodrow Wilson brought us daylight savings along with like twenty other For terrible. For some reason, I've always pictured him like as a bad guy. Like he reminds me of, like the Penguin. Batman. Yeah. It's like how I see the resemblance, how like he's portrayed. Dude, it's weird stuff. Like baseball was just getting popular in the early 1900s, like taking off really big. And he was excited about making baseball clubs 
where he could write the constitutions and the rules to the clubs for all the people to follow. And he like, didn't really care about playing. He just like, I'm going to make what a nerd dude. It's like, Oh, it's an ultra nerd. Who's like spiteful that gets control of a country and just goes, Oh, I can solve every situation there I is. I play the sport, but I'm going to make you show you how you have to play. I'm going to write the rules on how you're supposed to throw the damn ball. Like, uh-huh. and then I'm going to get the cops to enforce it. Like, at all. And what he said, the he got the income tax, which was supposed to be temporary, daylight savings, which was supposed to be temporary, uh, the progressive income tax. I'm not sure if that one's supposed to be temporary. But like those three things, yeah, blew him off the hinges. And uh, thanks, Woodrow Wilson. Got a lot of inspiration from Lincoln, though. So you do run a heated battle. But we're not going to get too much into that because the other crap we're going to talk about. Let me get <laughs> Who's your opinion on the worst president? Oh, I've seen it. And it's, it's almost always like the top three are definitely like Lincoln, Wilson, uh, FDR. I think my favorite was probably Taft. Oh, yeah. He was he the do-nothing. He, he did, yeah, he did nothing. Yeah. And he, got, he was just got stuck in a bathtub. Well, he was a, like a hardcore constitutionalist. And like literally every bill that would come to him, there was like some joke where he would be like, well, let me check if I have the authority to do this. Turns out I don't, and all the lobbyists Bring me would a sandwich. That, and all the lobbyists would be like, "No one has the authority to do this, you <laughs> idiot!" Like, but we've all done it. Keep playing the game, and he's that's, like, "That's mm. fine, run me a bath." Like, yeah, yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> Wasn't he the one that was scared to flip light switches? So they got the, the the when they first got electricity and lights to the White House. I think it was with Taft. Uh, he was terrified to turn the light switches on to get electrocuted, so he would have like the help do it. Oh, I didn't. Know, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. I think it was Taft, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, he didn't he end up being a Supreme Court judge before he died? And that's the job he always wanted? I don't remember. I know he died, like, sooner than, like, young, though. He's the one that Roosevelt used to be friends, Teddy Roosevelt was friends with and then hated, right? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, then I'm thinking of the same guy. Sometimes I mix, like, two or three historical figures into one. That makes for a fun time. Do your own research, guys. Uh but I digress. Uh, so what? We're just getting. Mr. Potato Head chimed in and said Joe, Joe Biden is temporary insanity. I guess that's, I guess, talking about current worst or worst presidents. So that might be his vote. I wouldn't say Joe, but I hear this a lot that he's the worst president ever. And it makes me cr- He's terrible. He's bad. But human being wise, awful. But I'm like, worst president in history. Because I don't think he even knows he is president. Probably not. Which Joe Biden? Yeah, like that's that's my thing. You see uh, the episode of The Simpsons where like they just keep like injecting Mr. Burns with the stuff, and he goes like on just like wandering through the woods. Well, I feel did like you, that's Joe Biden. Did you see? There's a press conference. Did you see the close up of the back of his hand uh, from the article that was written in the Indo- was it the Independent? I don't know, but it had a close up. The end, Indo- whatever the newspaper article was on Twitter, the it was like a close up of Biden like raising his hands and like kind of getting upset and frustrated at something during a speech. And then some Twitter shit poster, like they're accustomed to doing, like just like picks a little spot on his hand and goes, enhance, zoom, okay. enhance. And it's like he's got some weird little, where an IV has been literally poked oh, into, the, into the back of his hand. And, I feel yeah. like they just go like thaw a new one out. Man, we might be on the back of a giant turtle for all we know. That, that's what that's what I'm riding well, on. Tur- so, turtles all the way down. Turtles all the way down. We did talk about that on the yeah. podcast. All right, man, I didn't just freak out everybody with a crazy uh, Sturgill Simpson reference. Uh, sorry, like, hang on, we didn't even finish our week. I feel like that's how we need to start every episode. I had something important happen this week. Um, I went to the whitest thing I've ever been to in my life. And I say that as someone that grew up on a cattle ranch in a small town in Florida, beyond white. And that was a medieval fair. And Did you at least get a turkey leg? They scared me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm with my daughter the whole time. I saw a furry, which like, God bless you. What, I guess that's the place to do it. But in small towns, I'm like, I saw one in person for the first time. There was a black fox wearing armor and lily was like look at that guy and i'm like no 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 come here <laughs> like, was he part of the show or was he just no he was just there and i'm like ah, let's go do the trampoline jump or the maze or the let me tell you this at a medieval fair it was supposed to be 10 12 by the way hang on like pretty place like the performers there and like all the people there were like cool and i liked them be honest it was like the crowd that was there which 
it seemed like the, I really hate just like grouping people up into like, uh, I like looking at people more as individuals, but you know, the meme of like them, like going, Oh, like their, their mouth is open and they're pointing at something. And it's like a couple of soy boys, like with like man buns and like, that was 90% of the crowd. And I'm just like, daughter, daughter's friend, y'all come close to me and don't get near these smelly people. Yeah, I went, like I said, I went in middle, like in middle school, but was like last time I went to one, and I guess maybe because I was younger, I thought it was cool. Like, it was like all the weird craft stuff, and the... There was cool, like, like the fair itself was cool. The fair itself, like the performers, like they had this drum Did squad. Were they really doing the jousting? No, I wasn't there at the right time uh, for it. We got there at like three, and it closed at I five. saw one dude, like, really get rocked. Like, not wrestling, like, dude got, like, like the back of his head hit the Was ground. it like horse jousting? Oh, or yeah. Oh, oh, for real, yeah. yeah. No, That's dude, awesome. Like, like he got, he went down. Like, why did that get out of playing? style? I don't know. I would watch that. Throw that into UFC. Jousting. Uh, no, we did like uh, the theme of it was the Viking invasion of ten twelve into England, and uh, like like the actors and stuff were like cool. Like there was a drum squad there. I was like, hey kids, will stop and watch this for a second. This is cool. But let me tell you this: for it being ten twelve AD. It sure was 2022 prices in Joe Biden's economy. Me and two little girls, how much to get in the door? 30 bucks. 65. What? To walk you in the door. You should have called him out. It's like, oh, I thought we were back in old times. Like, here's one shilling. Uh, he's like, <laughs> like, dude, I'm like, what? Am I like bringing the kids into slavery? Like, is that part of this? Uh, and, uh, well, then they'd be paying you. So, so we get in there and it's like, we go and see like a, a bow and arrow shooting place. Like, you know, shoot at the target or whatever. I'm like, let's go do that. I'm like, how much? They're like, $1 an arrow. I'm like, five, I could shoot five arrows in 10 seconds. Not 10 seconds, that's an exact, but 15 seconds. Yeah. If I'm trying. Well, but well, you, I mean, that's, I feel like $5, that would be like, five arrows would be an average turn. I'll maybe. tell you this, even after the 65 bucks, I we spent about 30 minutes and I'd spend $100 and we had like right. nothing to show for it. Uh, they're awfully proud of their shit at a medieval fair. Although it was cool actually like watching a guy like with a smelt iron. I've never really watched that besides a hillbilly with a torch. Just going, yeah. watch this. Yeah, Amanda um, chimed in, so that was her seventh grade field trip. Also, she said, that, "But the it was a good time, but the crowd's definitely crowd's definitely interesting." You could smell them, uh, but uh, yeah, stay close, kids. And uh, you, you know, there's the other like we're all familiar with fair carnies. Yeah, there was like like there were you could tell it seemed like they're not methy from what I remembered at the medieval fair. Or somewhere, most were like it seemed like a lot. Well, it's from it's from like the one in Sarasota that was like the Ringling Brothers one. Yeah, and it almost if I had to guess, it was almost like there were probably professors that work at the college that like love doing this and do it like they're awesome about it, and there's students that are college age that some are just like theater kids that just like you know really enjoy getting in the mix of it. And then there's the dude hooking up little people to bungee cords who's got like five piercings in his face and giant gauges and like looks. It, it, would, it wouldn't be good if they walked by a magnet. He looks like a smelly Puerto Rican. I'm not saying he was a smelly Puerto Rican, but you look at this guy and you're just like, you smell. Uh, you haven't, you've been to a couple of raves a couple of days in a row and you're burnt out and you're, and anyways, they, uh, that, that's who was, like, I thought I was worried about was going to hook up my daughter to, like, a bungee cord and let her rip. But then he stepped to the side, and there was some guy in a John Deere hat that's like, you want to fly higher than you've ever flown? And she's like, kind of. And <laughs> he's like, all right, here we go, and just shot her up like a rocket, and he was great. And I was like, oh, thank you. Here's five bucks. Let's oh, get did that. They, did they have fun, though? Oh, yeah. That's what it was all about. Okay, yeah. yeah. Although they tried some treasure hunt thing that it would take way too long for me to explain, and no one would. Really Did they find get, any treasure? No, none. No one ever. It was a very treasure. poorly conceived idea. Uh, like, great potential for an idea, poorly executed. But they said it was new and they're working on it. I, regardless, I highly recommend it. It's in my ACA. It's the Sarasota Medieval Fair. Even though, like, I got my little-ish complaints about the community, it, it was cool. I'm, I'm overall happy I went. Just, good God, watch your money. Um, So... Besides that, uh, speaking oh. back back to Twitter, we had uh, one of the guys uh, chime in. They want to know, just personally, yesterday, do you think Twitter will get better now? 
I mean, yeah. That was from Mr. Uh, Potato Head, formerly known as Midnight something. I'm just, not, I'm, I just can't scroll it back. Oh, yeah, I just say it was Mr. Potato Head. I don't know who you are, but I'm probably happy that your name is Mr. Potato. <laughs> Twitter's a magical place, dude. The, the names, the names alone yeah. are, are fantastic. Do I think Twitter will be, get better? Yes. Prop. Do I think it will? Yes. Is it definitely going to get better? I don't know. I'm not some futurist. Um, Elon Musk could be screwing us all, and I'm none the wiser to it. But so far, it's, it's been fun to watch at the very least. It, the direction it was going was awful. I mean, the... I think it was just kind of stagnant. As, it was stagnant, and it was... Ec- an echo I, chamber. It was an echo... Even for my stuff. Like, I saw... It, it was either takes that I completely agreed with or if it was from some other thought camp it was like such an outrageous stupid claim that's like oh this is fuel just to beat someone with a stick I one thing I noticed I kept seeing like the same accounts over even if I didn't follow them yes it would be the same and I'm like why am I seeing you and I'd have to like mute them or something yes and uh now at least you know one one of the cool things I'm seeing is people from different camps are popping up in my feed more now, but it's not like, I don't know. It's not the stereotypical soy boy meme people that are popping up. It's like, I don't know. Someone get an argument with me the other day. If your body is your property. And I'm like, that's a, I mean, I, my body is my property, but like, this is a fun argument to have, you know, he's some like communist that doesn't believe in property or some crap. Right. So I'm like, Hey, at least we can, I think I saw might have saw that part of that exchange. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I got really deep. I'm like, don't you own your blood? He's like, it's not your blood; it's part of you. And I'm like, good, that's a little too hippie-ish, but thanks. Like, this has been a fun noodle. To- I said, I was, I was just like, wanted, I was just gonna start spamming Liberty Prime quotes because yeah. that's like, that's just my, that's my refute to anything. No, I, and like here's the thing: I, I'm still waiting for a commie to blow my mind on something. But when I just ask him these real st- stupid, simple questions, like, like when they say kill the rich, it's like, all right, well, we're where does that start? Like, we all know where y'all are intending it ends at, like, Elon Musk and, and Billion, not just him, like, yeah, Jeff Bezos. where Be- do you draw the line? Like, like, a good communist will hate Jeff Bezos just as much as Elon Musk. Like, I've, I've talked to them before. But, yeah, where do you draw the line? Is it, like, a million dollars? Also, anyone that makes $999,999, they're good. That's, oh, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're good. We're, we're, we're genuine. We'll be right there with the proletariat. Is that the good guys in communism? Yeah, There's the, no good guys in communism. There is, yeah, they all turn on each other. Uh, but no, so yeah, I think Twitter is going in a better direction. Um, you can say more. Uh, you can't impersonate people, as Kathy Griffin just found out. Like right before we started the show, I was flipping through it. What, she impersonated Elon because she's got a blue check yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see that, but you... Uh, yeah, she impersonated Elon Musk. You know, uh she has a blue check mark. She erased her she name. Had a blue check. Had, uh, and remind you, this was the woman that like what had a picture of Donald heads, Donald Trump's head cut off, yep. and like holding it up like a mannequin of it. And if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I don't think anyone should really get punished for that. But she got a bunch of crap on her side for yeah, you know, very hypocritical. That, that's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, but no, yeah, she's gone. She's suspended. And Musk said earlier, if you do it again, like if he catches you after the statement, there's a good chance you're not coming back. It'd be a permanent, so. Which I'm really happy he said, like, anyone after I make this statement I catch. Because just before he did that, there's this. If you don't have a Twitter, anyone listening to the sound of my voice, you need to get one. You need to follow one person called Count Dankula, who, like, who has a blue check mark. He's a big Scottish guy. But he just erased his name and wrote Donald J. Trump and then put a picture of Donald Trump in his picture and had quite had probably quite a couple hundred people thinking he really was Donald Trump. And it was what a genius marketing move. It was glorious. What, what did he tweet out? Uh, as Donald Trump tweeted out, I like my blunts like I like my bitches round and fat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's golden. That's good. That, that's shit posters for you. They, they can do golden stuff. I can't. Uh, I just spit all crazy theories. Um, but yeah, so what, and then he fired, well, I've heard, I've heard like three different news rounds of him firing different groups of people. Yeah, I've heard, and then I heard that he did massively, I've heard there's already been like a class action lawsuit back against him because he didn't give him enough, like, notice, but everybody's like, the deal's been happening. Yeah. So I don't know. 
And but it's people whining, but then I think it's also because, and then the people that are there are like whining, they're being overworked. I'm like, no, it just sounds like you actually are having to work now. That's what, well, one of my favorite, and I'm not trying to be a Musk stan, but like for he's so far from what I've seen, it seems like he's been doing mostly a good job, except for letting certain people back on Twitter. But devil's advocate, that may take some time. Um, like I know, I know there was people who would say some pretty outlandish things. Uh, God, who am I thinking of? That, <laughs> hang on, this white redneck southerner that's half Cherokee that lives in Japan and has rebel flags all over his. Uh, you would like Ryan Dawson. I feel like you're just like. Cartoon no, it's, it sounds like I just like, had like a, a bunch like of a, that some, random. Some mythical creature. No, yeah, <laughs> he, he's very based. He's like, he does uh, a lot of reporting on like war zones and stuff like that, what the military is actually doing. He just also says a bunch of shit about Israel, <laughs> like a lot. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I might not even agree with him on everything he says about like Israel and orange juice. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I like it's. All right, you can have that crazy crap. Keep the stuff that's like, oh, you're reporting on... I think he was one of the people that really helped break open uh, when the CIA was arming certain factions in uh, Syria and the rebel uh, to fight against the Syrian government. And at the same time, somehow the FBI was funding the people on the other side. So like... Always. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, there was one thing this week I completely forgot to bring up. I was supposed to at the beginning. Uh... Nico Pingan, if you haven't like listened to him on YouTube, he gave me an interview and side note, uh, we just bought this lovely new microphone set where you can actually hear my voice even able to, that's been great. Now you can hear Merce's and we had it all hooked up and we did this interview with, uh, with Nico that was supposed to be like a clean, crisp interview and the microphone wasn't on and it just recorded out of the computer and I sound like I'm at a 1990s VHS tape. But it was a fun interview outside of that. He asked some good questions. I think I red-pilled the guy. Uh, what, Merce? Like, you're my witness. It starts out as video game talk. Oh, and then you it went into video game conspiracies, and then y'all just went down the rabbit hole. It was it was good. Yeah, and I got him Googling stuff. Like, I think he Googles four things live on there. He's like, what do you mean about that? And types it up, and then he just sits back and goes like, oh. And I'm like, yes, welcome to the club. It's scary here. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a really fun episode. So, uh, first of all, welcome everybody on Twitter to a little, like, second preview of the Bandit Radio Hour. We just did a live on Instagram. Now we're going to take our little shot here and be a little bit more free speech with what we're saying. Although I did just talk about smelly Puerto Rican guy at a Renaissance festival. So, I hope I were you wrong? No, not at all. And not like, not like, ooh, an immigrant is smelly. No, 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 like a rave dancer is smelly. Like, very American. Uh, Just... Anyways, I digress. Back to the free speech of Twitter and all that drama. I was just talking about Kathy Griffin and all that shit. But one of the very interesting things we came upon, which I'm sure a lot of Twitter users did, was the independent, um, pretty left-leaning, I wouldn't even say left-leaning publisher. I'd say a shit-lib publisher, like shit-liberal. Like They just don't really have any principles in what they're saying. They're just trying to dominate the moment any way they can. And their uh, headline was how, with Elon Musk takeover, uh, you need to look at people that have blue checks the same way you would someone make it, uh, you wearing a uh, MAGA hat. And uh, they said this, well, a blue check is next to their damn name. And it's, you know, uh, you see a lot of people on the shit lib left raising hell about this about the $8 for verification on Twitter, $8 to get your badge. Yeah. And I think it is much less uh, the cost of it and more the average Joe is going to be able to be verified. The average Joe is going to have just as much of a say as a Harvard professor or as a senator with that verification next to their name. Because for those of you that ain't on Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, uh, that this has like... <coughs> It has pretty big significance in carrying weight and getting your voice out to different people. Um, And I think people in these like cathedral-esque palaces, that's the one thing they fear the most is just the masses reaching up to their level. Yeah, Um, they're no longer 
the, the class is no longer separated. Which, like, hey, I'm going to throw communism a bone real quick. If there is one thing... You got to feed them something. <laughs> yeah, they can't they, feed themselves. They like the marrow. Um, but, uh, no, like, if there is something I believe the communists were right about, at least from a lot of the stuff I, I hear, is it, it's so much less black versus white and, and nas- national born versus immigrant. and so It is, like, a thousand times more the poor versus the ultra, ultra wealthy. Like, I really think there's something in, and when I say ultra wealthy, I don't just mean like some dude that did well for himself and has a ranch and is what like, or a business and doesn't try to hire lobbyists to get into the government. But there is a cathedral that is a mix of the government and private business that is just like, it is all of us should it, it makes more sense for it to be all of us versus them? Um, as far as you know, like when you get to the level of generals picking which country we're going to invade next, like they draft soldiers out of every political camp. <laughs> like there's you know they, they don't they don't discriminate at all. They'll take us all and put us on the front line into a meat grinder, and it should be much more. Uh, yeah, I had to sign that paper at eighteen. Yep. Except for you chicks. Good for y'all. I'd weasel my way out of that too, if I could. It's always equality until somebody's going to shoot at you. Dude, like, I'm not going to lie. A lot of people like to point to their, like, family history and, like, I had a, I think you've said it and I'm not, I'm not knocking you. Like, I had an uncle that fought in World War II and I've, all of my family is like, there's a war and we run. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, oh, screw this. Going away. Like, going back to, like, we got a book on our family. And it goes all the way back to Ireland and England. And the reason I, I say both of them is because literally it's like one generation is Catholic and in England and they're persecuted and they run away to Ireland. But then their kids are rebels <laughs> and turn Protestant and flee back to England. And it like that does it three. Just stay one step ahead of the war. <laughs> literally. And then they all flee to America. One group gets there early and the other group gets here like it right at the Civil War. And they're like, they're like, as soon as they get off the boat, it's so I've been told it's like the scene from uh, Gangs of New York. Like, sign this paper. You're an American citizen. All right. Now, here's your gun. You're going to the front line of our civil war for the union. And like my family ran to the front and was like, oh, this is a lot of hubbub. We're just going to keep running south. <laughs> We're going to run all the way to Florida where none of this is happening and hide. And now I'm here. <laughs> Y'all get to listen to me. Ain't it neat? Um, so yeah, I, I like to stay away from all that. A long line of survivors. <laughs> yes. Thin red badge of fleeing. <laughs> no, no, not, not courage. We had the courage to get up and walk away. We're, um, we're a fast people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, or how the hell do I even start with that? Uh, blue check marks. I know that. Oh uh, yeah. We were down, down a massive rabbit hole there. Then in communism and then. Oh yeah. That was the thing they're right about is the class struggle. Oh that's what I wanted to mention while I was like throwing communists a, a bone. Like, cause I, there's one example of this historical example. I think it's awesome. And anybody watching, like, feel free to chime in. If you know this off the top of your head, I can't remember the name of it. But I remember it was on Dan Carlin's hardcore history, which is like a 12 hour thing of world war one. Uh, but there was a point where it's like the Germans are fighting the French, I believe in, in like this Valley, and there is now you got to remember, like this is the is later in World War One, and communism has exploded in Russia, and it's like there's pamphlets getting passed down the trenches of like, hey, why don't you say screw your nation and and grab your gun and go fight your officers instead of the poor people on the other side of the line? Like y'all should all get together and fight y'all's officers and liberate and turn communists and all this crap. Uh, and there was one spot where this actually like kind of worked for the communist. And what happened? They were fighting in like this valley and a dam broke. And when the dam broke, both sides got flooded. Oh, damn. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Asshole. <laughs> but, um, there's your one, but like they had to like help each other, like get up on rafts and float and stuff like that and stay alive. And they're all talking at like the end of it. Like, Hey, this, you know, We've been killing each other the whole time, but we get put in one situation where we got to help each other. We, we immediately did it. And one guy speaking in Russian, that or not Russian, but in, in I think it's a French, an English guy writing this down 
but it's a German who picks up his gun and smashes it against a tree and says, like, we're done with this. Like, we're going to unite together and try to... And I think it was the German and French militaries agree, both of them, to send in troops and kill them all. <laughs> Make sure this doesn't get out of this valley. Uh, I can't remember the specifics on it, but that was one of those things I listened to. And, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I am no communist, but when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, that's one of those situations where the commies at least sound like the good guys. Like, the thought of it, of... The, I don't think you should, I believe enforcing any of that with a gun is evil and horrific and leads to horrific consequences, but I think there's like some good lessons to be learned. Did I ever talk about what, uh, what Jordan Peterson said about needing the left? No. Ooh, this is like, this is a juicy thought to chew on. It really surprised me coming from him, but as it's really in one of his like interviews, hasn't talked about a lot. Can't remember it very well, but the one chunk I remember Maybe it was on Joe Rogan. He goes, oh, there's, he's like, don't dismiss the left. There's, hang on, let me do my best Kermit the Frog. There's absolutely a need for the left. Because if you have the board game of this republic, of this, of this democracy, and you just have one side who's telling us all how to act, everything gets out of control, everything. But he goes, you need somebody on the other side going, hey, these consequences are having negative effects for us. And we want our voices heard. So that you people dominating can kind of even hear our appeal to this. He said, you either have that or the alternative to it is that population flips over the game board and says no more rules. Like if they're just oppressed enough. It's like, so you kind of need a left, whatever, not saying, not saying Jordan Peterson saying like cutting off genitals is like cool or whatever, but you need this outsider force talking to the people dominating to at least keep their minds right. I can see that. Yeah. It's just nowadays, it's like, holy shit, what are y'all talking about? Um, they have taken that to an extreme. They have, uh, now I'm talking, you know, I'm not talking about like Jimmy Dore or Shoe on Head, whatever her real name is. Like, they, they make some solid points and I just disagree with them on some of the outcomes. You're talking about the, the guy that ran for office with the boot on his head? No, no, not Furman Supreme. <laughs> you would know his name off the top of your head. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's super nerdy about the stuff like I, Furman Supreme is, I mean, I got to admit what, let me give him props for a second. The point he is trying to make, he does make, and that is all politics are a joke. And so I'll put a boot on my head and I'll run for government and I'll say I'm gonna give everybody free. You know, you think you had to try on multiple boots to find one that fit just right like that, dude? You know the crazy thing is if you sit there and talk to him like outside, like I've heard interviews with him, he actually is super in his philosophy. It's like pretty coherent and well versed in it. Okay, like he can quote like that book I gave you about. So he's not as crazy as he. And no, that's mostly. However, that's mostly a show. I still disagree with his philosophy quite a bit that like it's almost one of those like nihilist, like life is meaningless. So you should kind of do it. Yeah. Like really hard. I'm like, ah, that seems like middle school edge Lordy. No, nah, I got kids. I'm trying to make this a good world and community and yada, yada. When I say that, like just whatever affects me and my kids, that's my community. Everything else can piss right off of a cliff. Um, which I, damn it! I just threw myself a worm because, well, that means like some guy in China that's making our shit that my daughter plays with. Like, all right, I guess he's a part of my community. Now. <laughs> Screw philosophy; it's stupid. Um, <clears throat> moving on, what do you think about this election coming up? I. It's in three. Am I right? It's in three days. Three days. Yep. Today, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, two days. Um, and then, yeah, I. I like to think I know what's going to happen, but nobody knows what's going to happen, and I really don't know if it's going to change anything or make things worse. Nope. And uh, what? So you got uh, you got the governor's race in Georgia that we've already talked about in the previous episode, which I thought was pretty entertaining. Uh, and Herschel Walker, them dogs as hell, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we chewed that one up. We haven't talked about the uh, uh, um, the con artist and the retarded guy in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Y'all all know, y'all all, you don't even say it. Y'all yeah. all know who I'm talking Was about. Fetterman and Dr. Oz? Fetterman and Dr. Oz, yeah. Uh, hoof. 
hoof on both sides. Yeah. I mean, now, like, I grew up, like, traditional, with traditional values. So there's, like, this lizard brain instinct in me that goes, like, oh, Fetterman's that bad. Like, at least we should go with the con artist extraordinaire Dr. Oz. If I'm wrong, like, what I remembered about Dr. Oz, like, he was on Oprah. Is how yep. Guys, but wasn't he liberal? Like, I always thought he was, like, kind of, like. I'd call him center left. Yeah. I'd call him, like, established. And he was in a foreign military and. You want to know the truth? I think he's a good salesman. I think he says, like, literally whatever. Yeah, that's all he can be. And he saves somebody on an airplane. I, I mean, for all my, con- you know, there are some, like, great conservative, there are great conservative values, and I have great conservative friends that are very intelligent. When it comes to elections, people just get retarded. Like, they just suspend their values and well, stuff. I think most people are retarded. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think it just, you just see it for what it is. <laughs> Like, I mean, there's this great, someone broke it down perfectly, and it was a quote from Dr. Oz uh, from his Jesse Smollett interview. You remember that fine fella in Chicago? Oh, probably a knockout interview. That, yeah, that went walking at like 3 a.m. for Subway in 20-degree yep. weather and all that. Yeah. Uh, and during, like, the interview, he's like, well, you know, like sympathizing with him the whole time. Please tell us about your struggle and these people in MAGA hats. And Dr. Oz is, yeah. like, really chewing the fat with them. Uh but could make a really double entendre with that, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's in prison now. Um, but so you got Dr. Oz that I just beat up on a little bit. But then, oh my God, do you have John Fetterman who. I saw some other. That's a weird guy. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's. Because I'm still. I'm like, not being sarcastic. Yeah. That's a very nice way to put yeah. it. Did you see like the the commercial where he's like the old Coke commercial where like the players limping off and he's like hurt and he, like tosses the kid the jersey? No, I haven't. You know, you've, you've seen the. That I, I know the old commercial. Yeah, there's one of him doing that, and he's like limping down like a hallway. And it's like really cheaply done, and the kid's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "He's like, I'm running for office," and he like tosses a towel to the kid. But it is like so cringy to watch. Oh my god, I had not seen. <laughs> so let me make sure I understand this that I didn't just confuse you. Instead of it being uh, the fridge from football that yeah. I think was walking, like the old commercial where he's walking and throws him a towel for Coca-Cola, yeah. it's John Fetterman walking down a random hallway. and his tumor on the side of his neck. Yeah, well, I think the towel's hiding it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the towel that's on the tumor, he throws to the kid and yeah, it hits... Yeah, yeah. And he's like... Does the tumor throw it? <laughs> it, uh, it... But however... I kind of. The tumor's just controlling him, like a. There's a chance. That's like a like a puppet. That could have been where he got a a certain injection site at, Uh, but I will tell you this, and I know I know a lot of uh, some some people might beep their horn and crash their car when I say this. I urge you not to. I believe for conservatives, he might be a better choice than Doctor Oz. Just because he's so bad, he won't get anything done. As a con, and not no, he will get stuff done. You know what he will get done? Every day, there will be a camera on John Fetterman talking about bills that he is trying to pass. And every day that that happens, everyone whose eyes and ears land on that and realize this is a fucking U.S. senator who cannot get the words together. I ban fracking that I support fracking. Like, yeah. dude, dude, his sentences are... Well, we have a li- president doing that now. Yeah, and it's like, the more that happens... You know, there's a segment of the population, I think I've said it before, they're never waking up. And it's sad, because I know some of these people personally, and I'm like, oh my God, y'all are still... Y'all are still in this, in this tight little space of thought when it's like there's a mile more to each side. Uh, but however, they're like great at doing shit, like anything that produces our society. They're great at doing shit. They are, they, and I'm not. I'm just smart with this dumb shit. So tomato, tomato. But it, the people that have a chance at waking up, there is more and more of it as time goes on. And the more Joe Bidens there are in office, the more people look around that goes, there got to be something else. This government just ain't... Okay, but do you think with 
all the Joe Biden's office, do you think the like the country survives long enough for them to wake up? Because I feel like it's a race to like, are they going to wake up before it's off the cliff? I got a question. Would that make them wake up sooner? Or if all of the politicians were well-oiled, well-talking salesmen? Yeah, but I feel... The, well, the well-versed, good-talking salesman can keep this car driving and accelerating faster I feel like we're already in a death spiral. I'm just wondering if like, there's so, a point where we can't pull up anymore. Uh-huh. But if there is, we might as well go ahead. The, the idea is to force people to accept that this whole using a gun and making everybody do something has horrifying consequences that are unforeseen. So the quicker we can make them realize the foreseen consequences of like, hey, your gas is getting out of control expensive. Your your loan rates are going through the roof. Your grocery bill is exploding. Yeah, I just spent $100 on just like a few things Dude, this afternoon. 220 just for me and my daughter to get, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't yeah. get I, I didn't even get everything. It. It's it's um but I'm going to start cutting out coupons. Let me put it like this. Without the COVID scare, how many people would have woke up? Mm. How many people well, did... the vaccine, a lot of people aren't waking up. True. Died suddenly on Twitter. Take Gander. Uh, but um, just just search that. He, that dude turned me on to it. Yeah. It, it, was, it was good. It, it, it wasn't good. It's, it's bad. It's, it's terrifying. It's all bad. And however, and it's sad... But, you know, something we don't realize in America, and this is something Michael Malice hit on, we really take for granted how bad things can get. I mean, like, horror movies don't do it justice. Like, things can get awful quick, and they mostly have been in most of the world for most of the time. Like, this little tiny hint of a civilization at a certain time we got, you don't know how blessed we are. You were the first one that said it when you were like talking about like how like lucky the boomers were and how like everything. And I was the first. I'm like, no, that's the more it's gone on. No, I think they were the luckiest generation. But anyway, yeah, dude, they they borrowed from future generations to su- supplant yeah, their own. The other day, this like uh, millennials have no chance to make match the the wealth that boomers were able to amass. And yeah, just like I'm just like yeah, well. And you know, it's like a really dumbed down but simple philosophy is they had a choke on an engine. And they just choked. They're like, hey, we can get more. We can flood more gas into it. We can choke it and pump this baby up. And it blew. And it's slowly coming apart. But that's why I really think our only chance is to just start realizing, like, we can't vote our way out of this. We've been voting harder and harder the past 70 years. Okay. so, So loaded question. What's the answer? Start a podcast. Start waking people up. I don't know, man. I'm just throwing <laughs> shit at the wall here. I don't know what to do. Read more books. That hasn't helped me. <laughs> um, if you want to know an answer, I really think agorists are some of the people with like the most clean idea of what to do. And what an agorist is, is pretty much someone that lives in the black market purposely. They're like, I don't want to pay taxes. I don't. There are the people when Bitcoin came out, they lost their shit because they're like, I don't have to use U.S. dollars anymore. Right. Like, they really go hard at, I'm going to make the government as little in my life as humanly possible. Um, I'm not doing that yet, though, because I like some of this luxury. Um, and it's... I don't know, because every civilization has befallen this fate every it's the course of empires they get too big for their own pants and then they just fall over you know tie this into something i was going to talk about later but i'm gonna go ahead and dig into it i was listening to a, a channel i'm gonna give a shout out to it's called told in stone on youtube check it out it's anything it's a lot of roman and greek history but it's like source material source material here's what this guy wrote and what he thought and one of the things they were talking about was what ancient Greeks thought of the future. What they thought good. what they thought the future was like. Alright, so like, like I said, it's from uh, Told in Stone on YouTube. It's all one word. And he's the one that quotes who's saying all this and what and all the details. But I'm just gonna give you like the main gist of it because I really want you to go check him out. But uh so one of the things that he was really hitting on, and he was like quoting from their scripture, 
was they have just like Judaism and Christianity believed there was a flood in that. And tell me if this kind of sounds a little vaguely familiar. We were much more advanced before the flood. Is the Greeks? This is the Greeks. They're like, right. Like we're kind of in a dark age since the flood. Like, um, and when, uh, when someone asked him like, what do you think the future holds for us? He said, well, it's one of two possibilities. Either we'll get more intelligent and more in tune with nature and we'll move away from technology and be much more like natural or we'll get more technologically advanced and much more corrupt because it's going to be one or the other. And I'm like, ooh, you kind of looked at the world a little differently than we do. Uh, brighter than you should have been. Yeah, and uh, but one of the neat things, they like they thought since the world flooded before, it would flood again. And they said, like, the last bit of humanity yeah, is good. there's gonna... rainbows, so that can't happen. <laughs> We're going to get into that for a minute. <laughs> all I will say about rainbows is everybody listening to this, if you're any fan at all of biblical events and extremely vulgar comedy, I know those two. There's a little bit of crossover in that community. Check out Ari Shafir's Jew on YouTube. It's stupidly hilarious. He, he hits on the rainbows and the flood and the gays. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but no, uh, the Greeks, like they're like the world flooded once. It's going to flood again. And like, also they believed kind of in a civil, a reincarnation of civilization. They said like, there's an Athens now there will always be an Athens, and it'll always be destroyed, and it'll always be rebuilt. And it'll uh, all... Athens is still half destroyed if you go visit it. <laughs> and they say all of these civilizations will start out as a monarchy, and it will transfer to a democracy, and then it'll turn into mob rule, and it'll destroy itself, and then it starts back over. And it's almost like the meme, hard guys create good times, good times create soft dudes, stupid, whatever. I was saying like the straight bus and Chuck bro. and Larry was like, it's like, it's like a circle. <laughs> <laughs> what a unique reference, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, so that was one thing like about the ancients that really like listening to Tolden Stone. I was like, man, these... What was the human mind just like back then? What was a conversation with somebody like back then? Because, I mean, you got to realize half of their civilization goes out once in a lifetime and pokes people to death and then comes back and farms. Just imagine working most, like, right-aged men you knew went out and poked somebody to death with a sharp spear. But then they'll sit down and think about, like, oh, what's the future hold? Like, it's, it's bonkers. But speaking of ancient stuff, uh, me and Merce were kind of talking before the podcast, and we're going to go into my OG conspiracy theories. These were, like, this was the first thoughts I had that put me on this trail of, trail of conspiracy, trademark. Uh, but uh, and they're Probably per- by somebody else. <laughs> yeah, probably. Pro- yeah, yeah, more than likely. We don't have a trademark. I was just Homer Simpson. It. But no, so this is like... First of all, uh, these were like thoughts I had in the seventh grade about how the world worked. And I don't know at what point it got into my head, but I just really started questioning really weird things. For example, with religion. And now at this point, seventh grade, I'm like going to youth group church every Wednesday. I'm very excited about it. I'm very, very into the Bible. Very, but now I can still get bored of the preacher at times and I'll like read the Bible when I'm not caring about what they're preaching about. However... I remember I was I was in middle school and I think we were picking up my brother at the high school with my grandma and I got this thought in the back seat that I could not get out of my head and it terrified me. And now I'm going to share it all with y'all. Terrify y'all a little bit. Happy Halloween. Uh, what if... So like me at that time, I prayed Jesus, Right? But then there's like these Muslims that pray to Allah, and there's these Jews that pray to whatever they call it, uh, and there's there's Buddhists that have their own thing. What if all these religions are not only true, or they don't even have to be true, but what if the deities are real? What if like 
what if there's like a Jesus and there's like a, a Muhammad and a, the Allah and all, all of them are like sitting together in heaven and it's almost like a contest to who can acquire the most mortal souls. And the way to win the contest is to get the more people worshiping you. Or maybe your very existence depends on people worshiping you. Like Santa. Sure. But less presence, more uh, eternal agony being used <laughs> in a poker game between deities. And all right, here's the kicker. All the all the like Greek gods and Roman gods, like people quit believing in them. So like they all died, right? So these deities are like, hey, we got to up the stakes if we want to stay around. So like the Christian... God, this is a hypothetical. Please don't strike me dead for just like like pondering it. We'll find out. I guess that proves he's real if it happens. If not, he's either cool with it or... Don't lump me in with you. Yeah, if you're on the show. Uh, but uh, no, so like, what if like the Crusades are like Jesus going like, I'm going to secure my belief in this group, this part of the world. And... Yeah, that, I remember that thought. They're, getting, they're just up there playing Risk? Pretty much, <laughs> yes, it's a giant game of Risk with souls. And, like, who can get the most people believe? And, like, I remember that, and I remember looking at my very devout, devout grandmother in the front seat, and I'm like, oh, I can't tell anybody about this. Can't, t- this is locked in my head. And How I'll, old? In your middle school age? Yeah, I was in seventh grade, because I was picking up my brother at the high school. Yeah. So it's been from day one, or well, not day one, but... Yeah, pretty early I started getting these squirrely thoughts. Like, people with either different eye colors or even possibly different races see different colors. And all right, I don't know if I'll be able to explain this. All right, here's here's how the thought got in my head. And I admittedly, it, it's a racist thought. I just had it at seventh grade. And I was it started with a question I've, I've noticed several white people ask is, why do black people love certain, like, colors? Like purples and yellows and like why? Well, like whatever people I grew up around just tended to like like dark forest greens and and reds and like you know duller colors as opposed to louder colors. And I, I remember, and this doesn't just have to be racist; this could be people with different eye colors or whatever. What if? Well, we got to start with the premise of everything we see, every color we look at, is just generated by our brain. It's just our brain receiving like, hey, this is at a certain wavelength, code it in this color. Like, like, so we can understand it better, make this contrast on objects so we can see different patterns. But what if, I'm trying to explain to someone that, that's listening and not watching. So let's see how this goes. Might have to cut it out later. Some people are probably like, mm, watch your next words. Yeah, yeah, watch, watch your next words carefully. But no, all right. Let's say I got a red crayon, right? That is, and I, I make a mark on a paper with the with the red crayon. That is what we have learned to call the color red, because that was taught to us. We've all been taught that this certain pal- the certain palette that the certain crayon makes we call red. Now, what if, Marcus? Let's use you as an example. What if you're actually seeing what I call green? But you have been raised that that is called red, even though your mind is interpreting well, a different. Well, countries go to war. That's... I mean, I think that's how a lot of it happened. I mean, like, <laughs> the, you're actually like it kind of explains. You remember like the meme, like the dress. What color is the dress? Yes, and on, it's whatever your mind. And is... everyone's screaming like it's blue and gold. gold. Yeah, but it's it's what your mind is telling you. Like you know those things. Like the it'll be like a robot voice, and it'll say like umbrella and meow but it's like it's actually saying the exact same sound waves and it's your mind picking which one's close a lot of this is tricks on your brain and like i've always there is a chance that when we all look at the sky i'm not saying it's definitely true but there is a chance when we all look at the blue sky we are all seeing different colors because it's just how our brain is interpreting it boom yeah (laughs) yeah and um so that was like, that was my two OG theories. Now, how I started getting these in seventh grade, Merce asked me that before the podcast. Like, how, how did that come about at such a young age? And I ain't got a shit and ass clue, uh, to be honest. So y'all, y'all throw in y'all's two cents. Uh, <clears throat> however, ooh, another good OG theory from whenever I was younger, something I always played with in my mind. Um, have I ever talked about which way is up? No. 
Which way is up? This, uh, this is something if you really want to mess with the concreteness of reality. Which way is up? I feel like me and an Australian are going to have different opinions. Y'all are. And that's the thing. And he's going to be wrong. What, <laughs> what is up is just relative. It, it's something like postmodernist. You know, I always hear them get... It's also a good Pixar movie. Up is really good. And you know what? If I'm being honest, when I saw the commercials for it, I was like, screw this like little kid movie. I'm... I'm a 20-year-old now. I'm above this. And I watched it, and I'm like, it's been 30 seconds, and I'm about to cry my eyes out. Um, such a sad beginning of a movie. no business no. Like, doing that. No, that was just mean. But, no, this is like, this is one of those postmodern ideas that is a good and correct idea. And how this gets lumped in with Marxism, I'm still waiting on Jordan Peterson to really connect that bridge for me. But uh, with postmodernism, like one of the good questions is which way is up, and it's all relative. It's all relative to where you are. Like in st- when if you watch the old Star Treks, when two ships are about to approach each other, they always approach each other like they're on like a two lane highway, and they're just like on the same X Y axis or same Y axis, different X axes, just getting close to each other. But in real life, it'd be like one could be coming at a forty five degree angle up up and to the left and the other one could be coming at a 90 degree angle to the right. Like it's, there is no true North of the universe. Okay. That's just like, we've just made these concepts to It's de- all relative. It's all relative. And really like there are some good postmodernists that can, one of them I heard who also talks about some other bad stuff. I don't endorse is Thaddeus Russell. And he had a really good thing. He said, Name any fact that you you know for certain is a fact and can't be disputed. And like I think the one person said, like that's a chair. He said, "What's a chair?" He's like, "Oh, it's something you sit on." He goes, "Well, you can sit on the bed of a truck. Is that a chair?" He goes, "No, no, it's got like four legs and you can sit on it." He goes, "Oh, so like a horse is that?" I'm made of atoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he would like say something like, "All right, what are atoms made of?" Like, the more you twirl with one of these ideas and actually, like, our understanding of it, it's surprising how many of these concrete facts you can just, like, the the, the meme of Captain America splitting wood with his bare hands. Like, rah! <laughs> but, uh, no, that's, that's fun shit to play with. Uh, but the, the only OG theory, I'll tell you this. All right, it might have started really early. Third grade. I remember having to give my thumbprints and fingerprints to uh, to our school, like those, like everyone, like put, like we're gonna show you how to take. Oh, your, in case you get kidnapped. And that's what they said. But even in third grade, I was like, I've seen movies where kids get kidnapped because my parents don't care what I watch, apparently. Uh, and I've seen movies with bad guys. Y'all never use fingerprint duster to find the kids. It's always other clues. You know what you do use fingerprints for? Catch bad guys. I don't like doing this. Like, I feel like I'm already setting myself up. Yeah, looking back to you, I feel lied to. About a lot. <laughs> you know, it's bad. I really try to, like, raise my kids as normally as possible, <laughs> given, like, what my thoughts That's are. That's an uphill task. It so <laughs> is. It's so, like, it's so much of, like, Daddy, what do you think about this? I'm like, what can I tell her where she's still a normal human but it's still the truth. You're just truth. internally screaming? The, the whole time, yes. <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> my daughter's like, I don't even know why I listen to social studies. It's all a lie anyways. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you got you to at least... D- deep down, it's like a proud moment. <laughs> yeah, I really am. You're right. But you got to learn the lie so I can, <laughs> when you're older, I can teach you the truth about it. Like, you got to learn, you got to learn where Columbia is. Like, you got, that's not, get the geography down. I can tell you stories about Columbia. The mitochondria when you're is the powerhouse of the cell. God, that pisses me off so bad. And it's not even technically right. I saw a graph, speaking of like horrific public schools, you know, something that drives me crazy is you see like the amount of spending that goes into schools always going up and up, like per student, we pay the most like by far out of any nation and doesn't give us our returns. But you look at what teachers are like, you know, they got to buy their own supplies. And like, that's a very, that's a very true thing. Like teachers are asking parents to buy supplies, which I get it for pencils and stuff. But it's like reams of paper and stuff like that. Or the teacher buys them, which God bless that teacher on a low budget. But I saw this awesome graph and it was like a teacher's 
uh, budget or teachers payroll throughout the year since like the 70s versus administration, which is like the principals, assistant principals, guidance counselors. Uh, all, and it's just like teachers has stayed the same. All of the upper administration has just skyrocketed. I can remember having good teachers. I don't really remember any good administrators, no. per se. No. As a matter of fact, some in our town got in some trouble. <laughs> but uh, a has, lot... One has a vape shop now. Yes, and he's actually the coolest one, I think. <laughs> Coincidence? No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. He, he's a cool old dude. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and uh, that, that thumbprints in third grade always messed with me. And when I found out, what what was it? This would have been in high school. Yeah, it was. Uh, might have been middle school. When I found out George W. Bush signed something, it, it wasn't the Patriot Act, but it, it, was, it was. It had been middle school when he was. Yeah, because high school was Obama, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I I can remember nine eleven. I was in middle school. Yeah, but when they started taking DNA out of babies and recording it for like like federal purposes. And they said it, like, I remember it being, it being reported very matter-of-factly, because I was, like, a, a middle schooler that paid attention to the... BT dubs. No, and I was just like, what? No, and they're like, oh, you know, this is for security of America. It's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, I'm a good little Republican in seventh grade. I'm like, no, 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 I get it. Get all the Muslims. Why are you getting my DNA? I'm a good old American. You don't, you don't want any of this. But, nope, they got us all. Not not just the Muslims. Um, what hey Muslims? Yeah, apparently the fingerprints to match. Which hey listeners in Saudi Arabia, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but guys, I think that's gonna do it tonight. I've jabbed enough, and this was a special trip y'all got to take with the bandit. Uh, I hope y'all listen more in the future. Y'all be sure to follow us at Twitter on Instagram, which we're going to start doing more live feeds because the comments just came flooded in, but we had some technical issues and couldn't record them all. Uh, sorry. Uh, y'all have a good week and keep tuning in. This is great. See y'all next time.